podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. We are, of course, the flagship show of the 1012 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your source for all things sports and not sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. It's Thursday. That means we're making picks for every Big 12 game current and future members and of course we'll pick a non-big 12 game of our choosing joining me as they do every week to do so we have our pro picker the guy who does this for a living who we all uh, admire quite a lot daniel alexander admire man that's you know very kind of you just trying to rub two nickels together man right what is it blind squirrels find nuts broken clocks are right twice a day we're trying <laughs> I mean, if you shoot enough shots, you're going to hit something eventually. I mean, right? Yeah. To right. make enough bets, you'll win something. So. <laughs> eventually, one of these metaphors will land. Eventually. Uh, that other voice that you hear, that is the LGGOG himself, our good friend, Chris Ross. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually not from, I don't know how I did last weekend. So I'm interested to find out. Uh, well, technically, last <laughs> week has not even finished as as we are recording this, UCF and SMU are currently playing. Uh, so last week, so we'll, we'll discuss what we had last week, minus that game, which we made picks for that game. Obviously, he got pushed back after we made picks uh, due to the hurricane. Uh, Ira, Ian, Ian, no, Ian. I don't know why I keep saying Ira. That's the I name that immediately pops in my head. I'm pretty sure there was a hurricane Ira at some point. I know it was Ian. Forgive me. Anywho, that game is a going. I don't know what the score is right now. I'll find uh, 13, it's halftime, 13-10, SMU. Yeah, there we go. Okay. See, this is this is why I have co-hosts, so I don't have to do all the heavy lifting. Uh, we do have a light card this week, just seven Big 12 games and a non-Big 12. And so I do like to bring on a guest every now and then uh, when we do our picks. So there's a couple of people I always have in mind that I like to bring on. Uh, this is a voice you probably haven't heard for a little while uh, on account of, well, he did come in in the non in the in the preseason and we had him on to make picks last year and it is one of our most infamous lost episodes uh so we're going to try this again and hope that we have better luck next year or else we're just cursed whenever he joins us that is chase giddy the lion's edge podcast one of my favorite go-to betting podcasts when it comes to college football I listen to it every week when it's on chase welcome back sir uh, thanks for having me back again and i'm really excited for nobody to hear any of this <laughs> uh either i can't decide if i actually want to get this up or just turn it into like a really really elaborate way too much time spent bit um (laughs) we'll figure out by the time this episode is complete all right so we got a lot of games to get to we got to recap what we do have as far as results from last week but chase you are a an avid jmu and west virginia fan uh, and and so I, I wanted to get your opinion on what's going on in West Virginia. Obviously, team off to a, a less than stellar start at two and three so far, zero uh, and two in conference play. So been a lot of talk about Neil Brown uh, and whether or not he is on the hot seat. For those who don't know, his his buyout is quite large. And if you read anything that says that his buyout drops at a certain date, 
That is incorrect. He is owed his entire contract. So they will owe him less tomorrow than they will owe him the day after that, and then the less the day after that, and the less the day after that, because he is literally owed every cent. So the later you wait to fire him, the less you have to pay him, but you're going to pay him every bit, every single penny of his contract. So this idea of like, well, if you wait till January 1, yes, it will be less, but you're not saving a nickel no matter when you fire him. So it is a significant amount of money. I think it was 17 million was the last time I saw it. That may have changed. Uh, well, it does. It changes every single day. I'm not sure by the million since like last week. Chase, um, just just your thoughts on the situation with Neil Brown. Obviously, that was a hire that I mean, I, I was all on board with. I think everybody was. It was a hire that everyone thought would would work out and so far has been less than than stellar. Yeah. So you, you kind of framed it up there just so people know my background it, for, for those that don't know, uh, grew up in Cheat Lake right outside of Morgantown. Uh, my parents moved me and my sister to Virginia when I was a teenager. I went to James Madison for undergrad at, at uh, moving out like that. Not really an original story. It happens a lot, uh, but, but that's how, where the, the dual loyalties come from. Um, I don't look, the natives are obviously restless and, and you know, the whole like discussion of buyouts and firing coaches has become basically a cottage industry in the content business. Uh, so I think that drives part of this as well. I don't know what people want from Shane and Neil this year, to be honest. I, I think criticism of coaches and athletic directors are always fair game. I think the biggest sin that they committed was staying committed to Daigie way longer than they should have. I mean, the, the Jared Daigie experiment should have been over way before this year. So there's that part of it, but I mean, people are really upset about the two and three stuff. And this is like, I mean, you could do an hour on why West Virginia people are upset and probably have unrealistic expectations. The idea that 15 years ago we were in the big East and we were a top 10 annual team and probably should have won the national championship in 2007. And then it all kind of goes downhill and conference realignment. And now we're just kind of like this perennial middle-class program in the big 12, like, there's a whole lot going on there, but for some reason, the expectation is that, you know, we should be a top 20 program and consistently compete for big 12 titles. And I, I mean, I just don't know that that's realistic, especially now, especially after the last 10 years, I don't know what games were supposed to go differently this year. West Virginia is two and three. They lost to an undefeated Kansas team. They lost a fluky game that was a one-possession game at Pitt on a weird tip ball that turns into a pick six that decides the game. They lost to a Texas team that played Alabama to a draw with their backup quarterback. I'm not sure which of those games they were, like, definitely supposed to win. Kansas is good. Pitt is good. Texas is good. So I understand the frustration. I understand the disappointment. I would like them to win more games as well. But – it just seems to me like the expectation doesn't meet the reality when you talk to some of the fans. And I think until we have a really honest conversation with ourselves about where we exist in the ecosystem of both the big 12 and the larger college football environment, I think it's going to be, it's going to continue to be a really unhappy fan base. You know, I, we have this conversation a lot and I don't like having it because I don't ever want to tell a fan base that they should be, they should settle. Right. If you don't want to tell like, you know what, you're just look, you're not, it, we're not talking about UMass or UConn here, you know, some, some just destitute program that should probably drop down to FCS, but never will. 
We're talking about West Virginia. And and it's hard to look at a program like that who's had a history of success yeah, and tasted, you know, close to the mountaintop. They've gotten close to it and say, well, you should just be okay with, with making a bowl game on a regular basis. Uh, I mean, what realistically, West Virginia does not really fit geographically with the Big 12. I think from there a systemic problems that they have to overcome just to be successful in this league. Yes. Um, it does not mean that this isn't a, a good athletic department. It doesn't mean it's not a rabid fan base. Uh, I, I've heard it said and agree. I think West Virginia is, is kind of like an SEC school, SEC school from the way that they, the fans kind of think and treat college football and treat their program. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Um, but it's a West Virginia program that look, the ACC ain't coming. If they wanted to, they would have many times before, and there has been nothing from what I can tell that has changed as far as West Virginia itself or the ACC that would make that any different. You were in the Big 12 unless the Big 12 falls apart and who knows where you end up then. So for West Virginia and for fans with the, the way things are and with the Big 12 going through the changes it's going to, I mean, what what should what should West Virginia fans be happy with? And I, I hate asking the question that way, but I, I can't think of a better way of saying like, what would make West Virginia fans happy? I guess is the right way to put it. Yeah. I, I think, I think the realistic answer is, you know, like some of these other programs in the big 10 or, or even in the big 12, like a, like a Kansas state, maybe every five or six years, you should pop up and have a really good team and, and compete. I, I think that's realistic compete for a big 12 title. Like, and as we move toward a 12 team playoff model, compete for a playoff spot but you know these ideas i think we got so used to dominating the big east and then we didn't really change the expectation especially because those first couple years in the big 12 with geno smith and early dana holgerson west virginia was still pretty good they were still pretty competitive they're winning nine or ten games they're winning the orange bowl they were beating clemson it just felt like there was never an adjustment after that and even even if you grant the wildest premise of let's get rid of Shane and let's get rid of Neil and let's start from scratch, fire him and make a new hire. Well, you have to do that in this environment where we're a month into the season. Let's talk about the job openings that are, that are already available right now. Wisconsin, Nebraska, Arizona state, Georgia tech, Colorado. Now I'd put West Virginia's job pretty far ahead of Georgia tech and, and probably Colorado as well. You can make the case it's better than Arizona state. But that's already a really crowded hiring market to get involved in. And it's October 5th. Like we haven't even fired anybody at the end of the year yet, which is when a lot of these decisions and interviews are going to happen. So I think, you know, it's it's so so eager to, hey, we've got a problem. Let's fire our way out of it. But there are also steps that have to happen after that. And I think logically you're setting the program back even farther if you jump into that particular situation in this market right now. So it just, it feels like there are no good answers and that's a really frustrating place to be. I get that part of it, but I, it just, I mean, I don't think you fire Neil Brown and, and fix everything tomorrow. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. On I, the idea that we have to fire lions made this terrible hire. Like, no, everyone thought this was a great hire. Everyone, you, you can't blame someone for making what feels like a good hire and not working out. Like that, yeah. that happens. Well, I mean, we, we see it all. We we've seen cannot miss hires who absolutely failed. I mean, Scott Frost in Nebraska, Tom Herman at Texas. Um, and, and for jobs, I mean, look, we all expect Auburn to open. Um, there's a very good chance that Louisville 
is going to come open. Like there are more power five jobs that will be open by the end of this season. So even if you try and say, well, West Virginia is the second or third best job right now, that may be at this moment, but that's going to continue to change. And even getting into the market early, you may say, well, that gives us an advantage until the the bigger jobs open and then and that advantage is is gone because no one's actually going to make any hires before the end of the season. It'd be one thing if you were going to come open and like, well, no, we got our guy. He's, he's coming in tomorrow. Like, cool. But that's not how this works. And so it, it, that that advantage is, is lost because you're going to move down the pecking order. Um, to clarify, basically, uh, Brown has owned 100% of his remaining salary if he is fired on or before December 31st, 2024. So you're just, you're going to pay him. Um, I believe it'll be the, the, the number of people kept talking about was it'll be 16.7 million on January 1st. So it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And I'm not, I'm not saying West Virginia can't find the boosters if they feel that that's something that needs to be done. Um, but I, I, I think it is more likely that Neil Brown is the head coach for the West Virginia Mountaineers in 2023 than not. I do too. Well, yes. Would that be, would his buyout be offset by future employment? I don't know. Uh, he, no, as far as I can tell, he's owed hundred percent. The contract states that from what I was reading, the extension prompt, the, the extension that was signed back in 21, uh, honors a liquidated damages clause. If West Virginia fires Brown, I'm reading this as an article from ear sports, um, all quote, all total salary and incentive compensation actually earned and accrued, but unpaid under the terms of this agreement and not paid as of the date of such termination, basically meaning he, they would have to pay him everything. There, yeah. there's no, the only way you're getting le- paying him less is if he agrees to that. And <laughs> I wouldn't. So, uh, I think Neil Brown's probably the head coach at West Virginia in 2023. And, um, yeah, again, had had they not had the just wave of defensive exits, I think this is a good West Virginia team. So I don't think the coverage. Bear. I think it might still be a good West Virginia team. I don't I think mean, it's bad. I, there are people that have them ranked it as like there's the West Virginia fan. Like the, well, yeah. OK, so like asterisk. Right. But there are people that do like big 12 power rankings and they have West Virginia 10th, which is a totally defensible place to put them right now. This is it. If you're ranking the last place Big 12 teams of the last decade, mm-hmm. this is pretty high up there, right? Yeah. Like this is a pretty good 10th place team. So I, I I think they've got some wins in front of them. I don't think they're a three and nine team. So I don't think they're awful. And I think they'll win some more games. But I, I think we we as a fan base need to be realistic about what the team is and the direction we're going in and what our place in the world is. That's fair. All right. Well, I Chase, I appreciate your your opinion and your thoughts on it. As a as a guy who who is close to West Virginia, I wanted to see what if you kind of aligned with the way I was thinking about it. And it sounds like we kind of do. So from that, guys, let's talk about last week. Let's talk about what happened last week. We're still waiting on SMU and UCF to wrap. So let's go over everything else. At this point, until this game is done, uh, at the moment, Daniel is kind of leading this week at five and four. Uh, Daniel, you hit. On Oklahoma State plus two and a half hit on TCU plus six and a half hit on Kansas plus three hit on Texas minus nine and a half and hit on the over 49 and a half in UTEP Charlotte missed on under 60 in BYU Utah State missed on Houston minus two and a half missed on Texas Tech plus eight and missed on Tulsa plus nine and a half. Uh, you have SMU plus three and a half, which at the moment's not there, but the way this game is going might be by the end of it. Uh, how are you feeling about last week, sir? Four losses were all like razor close, right? I mean, Texas Tech was at was at one point. Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, they just not covered by one. Yeah. Uh, Tulsa was lost by ten. Mm-hmm. We had a nine and a half. 
that Utah State under in the BYU game, Utah State drives the length of the field with like a minute and a half left to score garbage touchdown to send that thing over. And uh, what was the other one? Tulane, two Tulane, one, one by three. Oh, that was uh, that's why we were texting, man. Holgerson's got to go. What, <laughs> dude? That is no. I mean, I, I just I just feel bad for Houston fans. Look, that team is loaded this year. It, it's like a shame how that offense is being run, and you know. I'm thankful thankful when we're done firing the current West Virginia coach, let's get rid of the last one. (laughs) No, man. Like just watching that game, it looked like those kids didn't care. Like those kids weren't playing hard, man. That like that, that defense was so soft all night long. And then a third string Tulane quarterback that has like two throws in his career comes in and wins, like just comes in and just wins straight up. It's like, guys, there's, there's something bad going on. Mm-hmm. So anyway, those four losses were all tough. Could have uh, could have swept the board for the week, but whatever. We'll, we'll just come right back and do it again. Well, you're guaranteed no worse than 500, depending upon how this SMU UCF game goes. Uh, Chris, you and I are both sitting at four and four. Wait, is it how many? I can't do math. I can't. Do math. <laughs> four and five. Four and yeah, five. four and five. You got four wins. You yeah, yeah. Five Sorry. Yeah, again. This is why I don't like. This is like I just want. I mean, I'll take four and four. We're both four and five, hoping that the. The under hits on this game, which right now is looking good, but I've seen many a second UCF half. UCF scored 17 to 13. Many a second half of a game this season come out that looked good and screw me uh, royally. So we'll see if this under does hit. Chris, uh, you hit on Kansas State minus eight, hit on the over 56 and a half in Baylor, Oklahoma State, hit on Kansas plus three, and hit on Cincinnati minus nine and a half. <clears throat> missed on BYU minus 24 and a half. We all missed on Houston minus two and a half. We're not going to do that again. Uh, you missed on OU minus six, uh, missed on West Virginia plus nine and a half, and Minnesota minus 12 versus Purdue did not hit for you. Purdue pulled off that upset. Uh, how you feeling, bud? I mean, everything was plausible. Nothing was really that surprising, you know, just being on the wrong side of it. Uh, the, the one that was the most surprising, though, was OU getting boat raced by TCU. Did not see that coming. I, I TCU fans didn't see that coming because nobody did. Uh, well, there's probably one TCU fan who's just like, told you. I mean, see, I've been telling you all week. And you'll saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think he saw that, but yeah, he, he saw the right side of the line. Uh, I hit on Oklahoma State plus two and a half. Hit on the over 68 at OU TCU. TCU did most of that work for me. Uh, hit on Cincinnati minus nine and a half. Hit on Texas minus nine and a half. Missed on the under 60 in BYU-Utah State. As I said, we all missed on Houston minus 2.5. Missed on under 57.5 in K-State-Texas Tech. Missed on the over 58 in Iowa State-Kansas. Not even close. And missed on Eastern Michigan minus 20 versus UMass. Don't worry, I'm sticking with my principle. It'll work out in my favor if I just keep betting against the Minutemen. Uh, I'll have new totals and stuff after this week, it doesn't matter. Uh, Daniel is still in the lead pretty comfortably. So we've got a lot of games to pick, all four of us today. I'm very excited to get started. We're going to do that here in just a minute. Hey, this is Jamie Steyer Johnson, host of the Cyclone Family Podcast. I host a show with my brother, Eric Steyer, and the two of us were raised in the ISU Athletic Department as my mom has coached women's basketball for over 20 years. Our involvement didn't stop there, and I've been a radio analyst for Cyclone Women's Basketball since 2019, and Eric spent his 2018 to 2022 years as a walk-on on the men's side. We get together each week to talk about what's happening in the world of Cyclone sports, whether that be current seasons, former players, or whatever else we find to be of interest. We'd love to have you join us. 
the Cyclone Family Podcast. When you listen, you're family. Do you think Olive Garden can sue me for that? Brand new for the 2022 season, it's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday. Jeremy, JN, Fiend Phoenix, and me, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, get at your boys. Okay. We're ready to go? Y'all ready? Let's do it. That apparently it's just me and you Phillip. okay we're going and uh, <laughs> oh, i'm live i'm ready <laughs> everybody else just nodded their head like, like this is an audio podcast yes uh, <laughs> noted visual medium podcasting okay uh let's kick things off with our weeknight game houston going down to memphis right now memphis roughly a three point favorite over under and about 57 and a half chase as our as our guest this week i'm gonna let you uh give you the honors of uh, uh, stepping up to the tee box first, sir. What would you like here? So I listened to last week's episode, like two hours before we sat down to record this with the benefit of already knowing how it all played out. And I've listened to all you guys just line up behind Houston thinking, Oh man, they are never there. There it's Memphis or pass for them when we sit down for this. So let me be the sap <laughs> that walks up. And takes Houston plus three in the spot. And in all seriousness, I don't know why this number is what it is. And maybe Daniel can shed some light here too, because I'd be curious to get his perspective. This number seems so light. Memphis is four and one. They haven't really played anybody that's all that impressive. But to see an under 500 team go on the road to a four and one team and only catch three, and it's a team that, as has been already pointed out, Dana Holgerson, like, there's some weird coaching stuff there. It seems like the team is kind of di- is a little bipolar. Like, I don't know what's going on with this number. It's super fishy. And whenever I see something this fishy, I always try to lean into it. So I can't explain it, but give me Houston plus three. There you go, West Virginia fan. Noted Dana Holgerson supporter. <laughs> noted. Noted Dana Holgerson supporter. Yeah. Uh, it's like a reverse curse, right? If you support him, then it'll work out for Neil Brown. I don't know how that works. Uh Daniel, what side would you like, sir? Uh, my raw numbers on this, if you weren't going to account for home field advantage, are Memphis minus two. So, you know, for me this year, I, I mean, Memphis, what kind of home field do they have? Zero. <laughs> now, I, you know, but um, look, I'm sort of with Chase here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, like I, Houston looked terrible. They looked awful. Um, so it's like, oh, yeah, of course, Memphis is going to be minus five and a half, minus six. Houston is, you know, unmotivated, not playing well, just lost to Tulane's third string quarterback. This line doesn't make any sense. It's a little bit like last week, Oklahoma TCU, right? It's like, I mean, hindsight's one thing, but at the time it was books are saying, oh, hey, Oklahoma only has to win by a touchdown. It's just six and a half. That's all it is. And it just seems so weird. Like that's that. Before the game, it felt short. So, feel short here. I hate Houston. So, of course, that means that Houston's going to win this game straight up. Houston plus three. Okay. 
Houston plus three again. Uh, I don't like this line. I don't like it at all. I, I kind of agree with you guys, but I would rather just fade Houston. So I'm going to stay away from the total, or I'm going to stay away from the the uh, the, the number here. I'm going to go with the total. Totals at 57 and a half. Uh, these two teams so far this season, the over is eight and two. Uh, Houston's defense has been okay. Offense has obviously struggled, but I think this total is low enough, and I think Memphis can do enough damage. I'm going to take the total here. I'm going to take the over. I just, I don't, I don't like the line enough to want to deal with it. I don't trust Houston one way or the other. Um, they win and lose games close and at three, and that's why I don't like it. It doesn't matter which, what the, the result is. It's going to end up being a close game and probably go into overtime as Houston likes to do. So I feel like I have a pretty good shot at getting to the over there. So that's what I will take. Uh, Chris. Yeah, when I first saw the line, I thought it was suspiciously low, kind of kind of like Chase said. Uh, hearing Daniel's numbers being a little bit closer makes me feel a little bit better in you know, sticking to what I said last week. I, I don't believe in this Houston team. I think I think there's issues going on. I think Holgerson is losing this team if he hasn't lost them already. And this is on the road. The the last three games are were at home and you know they didn't look great. They they did get the rice win, but yeah, I'm going to take Memphis at home. It might not be much of a home field advantage, but it's better than being on the road. Fair enough. I think it's pretty much all three. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Yeah, I think it's pretty much three across the board, bud. So that's what you will take is uh, is Memphis minus three. All right. All right. We've got uh, a game that is normally Big 12 game of the week whenever this week comes up. And yet, for the first time in, I believe, 24 years, the Red River rivalry will feature two teams who are unranked. Not Oklahoma, not Texas, both unranked this week. Quite an interesting situation. The only Big 12 game unranked. The only Big 12 game not featuring a ranked opponent. How good does it feel to say that, man? What I, am, I am a unbiased <laughs> uh, Big 12 podcaster. Ask me that question in 2024, July 2nd, once both Oklahoma and Texas have left for the SEC. Um, Texas right now about a seven-point favorite, over-under of 65 and a half. Daniel, you are up first, sir. What would you like? This is a fascinating game, fascinating line. Um, Philip, as you know, we put out the video there, me grabbing Oklahoma 7. Um, Look, a few things going on here. This is Oklahoma season. This is the entire season right here in this game. They dropped to 0-3 conference, like just an absolute bust of a season. And then, you know, I, I'm not one to jump on, you know, uh, was Venables the right hire and all this kind of stuff. You know, I mean, like he is great coach. Like I'm not, not going to start going down that road, but 0-3 in conference, if you're Oklahoma, dude, that's, that's not okay. Now, Circa has gone to seven and a half on Texas, like very recently in the last hour or so. That's pretty fascinating to me. Like, what is going on? That means that means the sharpest book on earth is saying, oh, Texas is going to win this game, and this might be a double-digit win by Texas. That's pretty fascinating to think about. I'm still going to stick with Oklahoma because this is a back-against-the-wall game. I can't see Sark pouring it on, going for double digits. I can't see Oklahoma letting it get to that point. 
And if they do, we're into some crazy territory with this Oklahoma team. So a little bit of a hold my nose and take Oklahoma plus seven because that beat down last week was incredible. But this is their Super Bowl, whether they like it or not. Do you not want the seven and a half from Circa? Oh, sure. I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, no one else has moved there yet. There's still some juiced up sevens, but yeah, if Circa's got it, give me that seven and a half. I will always give so you Oklahoma lose Circa. Yeah. I'll always give you Circa. Uh, man, here's the deal. Like, I understand that Dylan Gabriel probably isn't going to play in this game for Oklahoma. Obviously, they're doing gamesmanships, and they're not going to confirm who's injured, who's out. Oklahoma's dealing with a number of injuries. I don't think Dylan Gabriel is going to play. Maybe it's general booty time, and maybe he comes out and has himself a performance. It sounds like Dylan Ga- or, uh, Quinn Ewers is probably going to be back for this game. Now, it's going to be his first game back, and so you're going to, you know, I wouldn't expect him right out of the gate to just be amazing. But you got to look at that scenario and just go, this is the no-you defense that's got major issues. Quinn Ewers, even at maybe 90%, pretty dang good. But, man, this is a rivalry game, and we it is it is gnarly and weird. Throw out the records. I hate that term, but it kind of makes sense. These two teams always give it their best. There has not been – there's been one double-digit win by either team in Dallas since Texas won at 36-20 in 2013. This has been close games. It doesn't matter how bad or down Texas is. It doesn't matter how good Oklahoma is. But here's the deal. The the note, Daniel, you made that you don't think Sark would run it up. I do. I absolutely do. I absolutely think that Sark would be happy to run up this score and give himself some brownie points after last year. He needs all the goodwill he can get. And even though a, a close loss to Alabama got him in the rankings for a couple of weeks, that's not quite enough goodwill. They would rather get a win over Oklahoma and feel really good. I am going to ride with Texas. Um, I I do think, to me, one of two things is more likely. Either Oklahoma finds a way to win a close one in a shootout, or Texas blows out Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma is going to blow out Texas. I don't see it happening. I think too many things are in a bad spot here for Oklahoma. This is going to be a good, good close game for a while, but I, I think it's more likely Texas blows out Oklahoma in this game. And it's not so much a giant vote for Texas, even though I do think they played really well against West Virginia last week. I think that was a very nice performance from them. Um, but if you package kind of what we've been seeing from them so far this season, I know they lost the game to Texas Tech. They did play what they got up for Alabama. This is the kind of game that Texas is going to get up for. All those things combined, I'm taking Texas. I think it is most likely that they blow an Oklahoma team out that's on their second or third string quarterback. And we know the quarterback issues behind Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. Not, not ideal. Not ideal. Uh, Chris. Yeah. If, if Oklahoma has any chance in this game, we're going to have to see that booty. That's just the only way. <laughs> Can I say that? Uh, uh, but Bevile, Belleville, what, how do you pronounce his name? He wasn't great. He didn't look good. I don't think Gabriel's going to play, especially after what happened to Tua. You know, you just can't throw a, throw him back in because it's a big game, even though he might want to. Uh, Texas, you know, last week I got it wrong. Last week I said that it felt like both of them were coming off of a loss and it felt like, Oh, you would respond off the loss and, and Texas might still struggle. And I got that. I got that backwards. Texas responded. Well, I feel like they're starting to get healthier. We could see Ewers in this game. Um, but if not, Hudson cards perfectly capable of taking care of business. I like Texas to win this by double double digits. If I can speak. All right. Texas minus seven. Uh, Chase. 
I'll add some context around what Daniel said about how interesting the handicap on this game is. So this opened at three and it got absolutely blitzed right away by professional betters and the sports books moved it pretty much straight to seven. What that tells me, both the fact that they moved it that aggressively and the fact that people came right out of the gate and bet Texas was that there could be maybe some insiders with understandings that Quinn Ewers is going to play this week. That's how I read that situation. I could be wrong, but it squares with other stuff that I've heard kind of behind the scenes. I think the fact that uh, Circus moving into seven and a half is very interesting and kind of corroborates that idea that Texas is the right side here. I think there's a lot of potential ways this game could go, but I think a lot of them are Texas winning big. I, I agree with Philip that Sark would absolutely run it up here. Oklahoma's won seven of the last eight. A lot of them have been competitive and one score games or single digit games, but I think this is going to go hard the other way. Give me Texas minus the seven. I will lay the points and I think this could get kind of ugly. Yeah, I think it could. It could. All right. It's time for our game of the week, our 10-12 Big 12 game of the week. Of course, this is it. It's a matchup of two undefeateds. It's a matchup in Lawrence where game day is going to be sitting atop the hill. It is America's favorite team right now. It is the Kansas Jayhawks hosting the TCU Horn Frogs coming off their blowout of the Oklahoma Sooners. TCU a six and a half point favorite on the road at this particular moment. And the over under is set at 69. Nice. Although I think I see a 68 as well. If that uh, is something that matters to you, I believe I am up first on this one. Oh man. Uh, look, it has not been wise to bet against Kansas so far this season. Um, Heck, last week, you saw Iowa State as a favorite. Didn't work out. Kansas gets a weird, ugly, lots of missed field goals, but hey, they pulled it out nonetheless. And I took the over because the over's been good with Kansas, but didn't work out. Had a weird, ugly game. Look, this total is high, 69. Although I see 68.5, and and I think I can get one of those. TCU put up a ton of points against an Oklahoma defense. It's not great. Kansas kind of struggled offensively against a a nice defense in Iowa State. I think TCU's defense is pretty solid. Uh, I think TCU's offense is ready to go. And uh, I'm curious to see what happens when TCU faces a quarterback, a true dual-threat quarterback like Jalen Daniels is. It has worked out for the most part. I'm going to try it one more time this week because I feel most comfortable with it. I know it's high. And as long as I can get the half, I'm going to take it. I'm taking the over 68 and a half in this game. I am, I am, I think this is the week that the Kansas streak ends. I think TCU is very live here, but I can see this being a high scoring back and forth affair. And so that, that line is close to a touchdown as it is, scares me away from it. I feel more comfortable with two offenses. I think are pretty dang good putting up a lot of points. So I'm taking over 68 and a half. Uh, Chris. Yeah, Kansas is kind of in uncharted territory. And I mean, Jalen Daniels was just on the halftime show here at the UCF game. They they brought him on. This is this is they're not used to this kind of attention. You have game day coming in, all-time hype. No one's overlooking you. It does feel like this is the week things kind of catch up to him. And TC was very capable of being that team. And in even though they blew out Oklahoma, they still feel kind of undervalued at this point. Uh with TCU so hmm, it's tough because I like Jalen Daniels I like the Kansas story 
but I, I it kind of feels like TCU, they know the, the country's watching, they're going to go in there and, and they might try to make a statement. And uh, I like the Horned Frogs to cover. Okay. TCU minus six and a half. Uh, Chase. Yeah, I'm going to stick to the total here. I, I kind of don't feel like I have a good feel for the spread market on this one. One of the cool things I get access to at BetMGM is all kinds of like inside information. It's not like super duper secret, but it's just kind of a peek behind the curtains on like some of the data and some of the ways people are betting. And I thought this was really interesting. Uh, right now, BetMGM in the last couple of weeks, the number one Heisman liability that the sports book has is Jalen Daniels to win the Heisman. They have more financial exposure on that position than any other thing in the Heisman market. So I thought that's really interesting. I think Jalen Daniels is going to torch TCU's defense. I once heard a very wise man pound the table and yell about TCU's passing yards allowed ranking. Uh, I believe that was last week on the 1012 podcast. <laughs> uh, so I, I think Kansas is going to get theirs. I think TCU is going to score as well. Give me the over at, I believe, uh, 68 and a half is the number I saw as well there. So give me the 68 and a half and, and we'll see if the over can get there. All right, Daniel. Man, this does, it feels like the magic is going to run out at any time, but I just have a feeling it's not this week. I don't know. I don't trust Sonny. I don't trust Sonny having to lay seven out there. I mean, dude, if you're TCU after last week, there's nowhere to go, but down. Are you kidding me? Oklahoma, like, Oklahoma came into your house and you just dropped the hammer on them. Like so crazy. And I'm going to assume they celebrated a little bit, even just mentally, even if Sonny is running a tight ship and none of, you know, all those kids got to bed and just drank water all night and all that stuff. Great. But like, I think there might've been a little bit of celebration happening, just a touch. So now you got to turn around, go on the road for game day, go cover another seven against a really live dog. Uh, but, but look, I, and I agree magic can end at any time. They're probably overvalued to some extent people lining up to bet that seven at home. I get it. Just seems like from where TCU came from last week, the pressure's all on them. Kansas is the dog here. Kansas can lose the game and still cover, still win your bet. <coughs> Let TCU win by four five, six. Leipold also, he does pretty good. I break coaches up into like, you know, how do they do as a big favorite? How do they do as a short favorite? As a moderate dog, that's what I call manageable dog, under two touchdowns. He's, he's got a really good track record these past four or five years at his time in Buffalo and even obviously now at Kansas racking up, up wins as a dog. This guy does well when he's put in that position of having to cover numbers. I don't know if Kansas wins or not, but this doesn't feel like, you know, TCU by 10 plus. I'm taking Kansas plus seven here. Yeah, and, and to the Jayhawks' credit, they definitely won in a different fashion last week. Yeah, they did. I mean, they absolutely did. Uh, did you find a plus seven? Um, there's a lot. I mean, am, am I wrong? Is there a lot of sevens? Or I've seen some plus sevens. Yeah. Hey, hold on. Let me. Where I just had this. I, I believe you. <laughs> it's like wait, I'm literally. I take your word for all these things. Real books. Okay. Real real books are hanging at seven. Hey, that's fine. That's fine with me. All right. Plus seven, Kansas. Okay. This is of course is our uh our bet of the week. Uh this is brought to you by sponsored prize picks. Yours place for daily fantasy. 
We love going and checking out the over-unders available, the player props at Prize Picks. And of course, it's our game of the week. That means we're going to talk about one from this game. Jalen Daniels over-under 262 and a half passing plus rushing yards against TCU. I'll remind you last week was Marvin Mims over and under four and a half receptions. Chris and I uh, hit missed on the over. He hit four again for the third time last season. So props to Daniel on the uh, hitting the under there. Jalen Daniels, Kansas quarterback, dual threat, 262 and a half yards pus, uh, passing and rushing. Daniel, how you feel here? I don't even know. Under. Under. <laughs> every prop, every prop in the world under. Oh, I'm, I, I shouldn't do this. I'm going to share a crazy tidbit with you. Can we do this? Can I jump in? Yeah, Give of me course. the floor for 30 seconds. Have it. NBA playoffs, if you just blind bet every single under of every player prop bet, you clean up. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. We're not even going to get into it. I just let that little betting nugget out. Carry on. Okay. Uh, well, uh, considering, considering that Daniel has taken the under every week on the ones that we have picked, and it's five and one, I'm going to piggyback off Daniel and take <laughs> the under here. Might just play this one for real and take the under and see how that goes. Uh, Chris, what you want? Well, I mean... I have to take the under considering my pick because if it goes over, then then I like the Jayhawks chances of winning that game. So I'm definitely going under and uh, a little nugget to my picks this week with this game is knock on wood. There is a scenario that could happen for next week that I desperately, desperately want to happen. And I don't want to jinx that. So I'm taking TCU and betting against Jalen Daniels. Okay. Take the under. Of course, Bryce picks your source for fantastic daily fantasy player props right now. If you go download the app, you make your first deposit. Well, download the app and use the promo code NETWORK12. When you download, just put that just put that promo code in, NETWORK12. And when you decide you want to make your first deposit, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. <clears throat> that means if you deposit a dollar, you get a dollar. If you deposit $100, you get $100. Same thing everywhere between $1 and $100. You can talk right now about receiving yards over under for uh, Tank Dell of Houston. Let's see who else we got here as I scroll through. Ooh, Quentin Johnson of TCU. If you want to talk receiving yards, we talked about passing and rushing. Uh, let's see who else we got. Ooh, we got uh, rushing yards, 67 and a half for Devin Neal of Kansas. Oh, there's some good ones just, in here. Just bet all the unders in clean house. Just bet all the unders. No, no, that's not. That's, <laughs> no, he said NBA. Stop this sport. <laughs> uh, yes, Daniel said. No, we're kidding. We're kidding. All right. Go download Prize Picks. Use promo code Network Twelve. Uh, make your prop picks for this week, and don't forget Network Twelve is your promo code. Okay, that was the worst. I've, I've had some bad ad reads. Yeah, yeah. Robert's not going to like that one. Yeah, he'll get over it. Let's see if he live uh, live tweets it again this week. Okay, let's move on down. Cincinnati, USF, South Florida. We've got an AAC matchup with the Bearcats. I'm okay. Here we go. There's this. <laughs> Sometimes I have to scroll. Uh, Cincinnati, a 27 and a half point favorite over USF over under at 59. Uh, let's see here. I believe it is Chris. You are up first, sir. What would you like? Man, that is a big number. Yeah. I... A lot of dead air. Really good for listening. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm looking at this game. And I'm trying to figure out and what I'm looking at. Is there any reason to take South Florida or, you know, what's the over under 59 and a half Cincinnati covers. It's a probably a good 
chance that goes over some late points by South Florida, but South Florida is so bad. All right. Oh, four scores. Jeez, a little. Uh, Cincinnati, cover. Okay, Cincinnati, minus. What is it? 27 and a half. Very good. Okay. Uh, from going in the right order, Chase, what would you like, sir? I think this number is really interesting. I'm a marketplace better. I, I look at the numbers more so than I look at the teams. Cincinnati made the playoff last year, and this number wasn't as big as it is this week. So it's just kind of odd that it's this high. Uh, and it, it looks like public betters feel that way as well. More than 70% of the tickets here are on USF plus the points. And one of the things I hate the most in this world is a public underdog. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. But the number makes even less sense, I think. Give me Cincinnati minus the 27 and a half. Uh, Maybe there's some kind of Hurricane Ian hangover effect, too. I mean, a, a week later, USF's in Tampa. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, though. <laughs> uh, Daniel? We've had both guys have picked Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yep. I want to pick them, too. Do it. It makes no Join sense. Us. Yeah, look. 70% of the tickets coming in on South Florida line opened minus 25. It's moved out to 27 and a half. Like that's the, the classic reverse line movement. You know, if that's something that you're into, um, you know, South Florida's five and zero against the spread for the last five games against Cincinnati. I thought that was interesting. I hate this. I'm, I'm going to have no real money on this game. Um, this game goes over. Don't even ask me why. I hate this game. I hate these numbers. I want to bet Cincinnati with you guys, but I hope you lose it. I hope South Florida covers. So we're going to take the over here. 59 and a half. Uh, I get you 59. <clears throat> and, I'll I, take it. and I know I get you 59 because I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I don't like taking lines that big. And it's probably right. Cause South Florida is awful. They're so bad. Uh, but I just like Cincinnati has part of the thing is interesting to me is I feel like, Opinions on Cincinnati have been kind of eh after they lost to to Arkansas in week one. And look, they, they didn't cover against uh, Miami of Ohio and a little bit of a rival game. And I and they, they did the nine and a half last week against Tulsa, barely. Like, I just, I don't like Cincinnati as this big of a favorite. And, I, and I, that goes back to last year. Like, they would win all those games, but we saw how many close games they have. I just don't like Cincinnati when they're this big of a favorite ever. So, I do like the total. Uh, I do like the over because the over for these two teams is seven, two, and one on the season. So I am riding with you, Daniel. I will take the over fifty-nine. All right. I'm going to ask you guys. Just we're going to pause for a second. Uh, Oklahoma State facing Texas Tech this weekend in what I think should be one of the new Big 12's kind of rivalry games. And I know we don't like forcing rivalry games, but this is a, there's a lot of connections between these two schools. I mean, Oklahoma State's athletic director used to be the assistant AD down there in, in Lubbock. These are two teams that have played a long time. This series is tied. It's tied. Oklahoma State has never led this overall series. Texas Tech always has. And so there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, hey, this should be a rivalry game. It's two fan bases that I think have a little bit of mutual respect, but also don't like each other. Also, if you know anything about Oklahoma State, you know what the Caffrey is. Shout out to Keegan for this one. Imagine Caffrey with Oklahoma State and Texas Tech fans at the same time. Stillwater would be burned to the ground. If you know anything about Caffrey, you'll understand. And if you need to know what goes on at Caffrey, it's country music and Rocky Mountain Oysters. And fries. Yeah. 
Not came out oysters. Um, so I'm gonna ask you guys' opinion real quick. We have two name options for this rivalry. Been pitched on Twitter that I think are kind of the the two leading favorites of of fans of the two fan bases who are for this. Either the Dust Bowl makes sense, or the Red Dirt rivalry it has some connection, you know. But a lot of Red Dirt music. Okay. Can I propose a name? Y- you may, and then you may vote for the two that I presented. Okay, my my name is Finger Gun Shootout. Pew pew. Because they love to claim ownership of finger guns, and it just I find that amusing that they invented finger guns. Texas Tech invented everything, and everyone else has copied all the traditions from Texas Tech, except for tortilla throwing, which even Texas Tech, yes, as a athletic department, acknowledges a thing. Yeah. So toss those tortillas. Go ahead, uh, Chris. Dust Bowl or Red Dirt Rivalry? Uh, <laughs> Probably Dust Bowl, just because you already have the Red River rivalry, and I don't want it. Yeah, Dust Bowl. Okay. Chase, I think Chase agrees with you. Yeah, I totally agree with what Chris said, and also I would vote for his over both of those. <laughs> it's good. I'm sorry. It's, it, <laughs> hey, anytime you get finger guns in there, yeah. let's do it. Finger gun shootout. I like it. Uh, Daniel? Dust Bowl. Okay. You heard it here. Uh, all right, finger gun. That is. Damn it, that's growing up. <laughs> that's gone that's good plus this the uh the trophy would be hilarious with the two little oh it'd be amazing a little uh pewter bronzed finger guns maybe as a compromise philip you play the finger gun shootout at the dust bowl where is the dust bowl oh i don't think it exists but you could build it and then they <laughs> would come you just build it build it halfway between Stillwater and Lubbock in the middle exactly. of the desert of West Texas. Exactly. There's nothing there but a football stadium and a and a parking lot. Oh, I It'd love be it. Cheap now, but pretty soon, you know, Blake Shelton's going to be playing hey, sold out concerts there. The there was there was nothing around uh, the stadium there in Glendale, the Arizona Stadium, and now it's just completely populated. You just have a Red Dirt Festival there. Or just play Red Dirt music at that thing every year. That thing would be packed out. That's Go big or go home. I like it. Okay, so let's talk about this actual football game and the numbers that we are discussing today. Oklahoma State, nine-and-a-half point favorite over the Red Raiders in Stillwater. Uh, total on this one, I lost it. Where did it go? Oh, 69-and-a-half. Uh, 69, depending upon where you shop. Uh, Chase, I believe you are back up, sir. What would you like here? Yeah, I, I hate this number. I, I obviously wasn't on the show last week. I also had Texas Tech plus the points at Kansas State. Feeling a little trying to buy back into Texas Tech uh, around that similar number. Certainly don't really want to buy Oklahoma State at this price because it's kind of a buy high after last week. Uh, so I'm going to attack the total here again. I like the fact that I could get an under at 69 and a half when this total actually opened closer to 64, 65. A lot of value they're playing uh, with a counter so give me under 69 and a half okay uh daniel texas tech in my opinion is a much more battle-tested team this season i mean let's go run down you know houston north carolina state texas kansas state and you know for the most most part they hung around on the stat sheet they hung around with north carolina state even though they lost 27 14 but stats the game was like a pretty even game Oklahoma State, I think, is a little bit of a fraud so far this season. 4-0 feels cheap, fake. I mean, come on. Central Michigan, uh, Arizona State. I can't remember what team they blew out. 
FCS school. And then they have the extra time to prepare for Baylor. And we talked about it last week. Gundy's on fire when he has the extra time. He does great against the spread. And he came out and won that thing straight up. So I don't want to downplay Baylor and say, you know, that they're not good. They don't help their resume. But you had the extra time. It's not as impressive. Texas Tech is battle-tested. I think they are actually live dogs to maybe win this thing straight up. I still love that coaching staff. They only missed the cover by one last week against K-State. Whatever I got, nine and a half, nine, whatever's live right now, I want that on Texas Tech. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's nine and a half, and I'll get you that. Um, when it was 10, and I was hoping it would stay at 10 when we uh, when we recorded this because I'm happy to play Texas Tech plus 10. I just I, – I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I'm not going to buy the OSU is fraudulent. Um, I don't, I don't subscribe to the, uh, Bud Elliott and cover three opinion on this, Daniel Alexander, if everybody who wants to tweet at him, um, at Danner B7, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but I kind of agree. Um, I, I do think, look, Donovan Smith hasn't been great. He hasn't lowest QBR in the big 12. Um, offensive line for Texas tech. Not great. Not not good at all. That's part of why his QBR is so low. I think OSU's defense is going to have some fun. The defensive line is going to have some fun against Texas Tech. But I think Texas Tech's defensive line is pretty good. Now, I know OSU just went up against arguably the second best defensive line in the Big 12 last week. But I agree on Texas Tech being battle-tested. We said in the offseason, Texas Tech had the most difficult start to the schedule for themselves with what they've had to do. They opened with FCS, Murray State, but they have played Houston. They have played NC State. They have played Texas. They've played Kansas State. They have played some good teams. Uh, I, I'm i not calling Texas Tech for the upset. I'm not going to go that far, Daniel. Um, but I do think Texas Tech should cover this 9.5. I, I think this is closer to a one-score game. Um, so I, I will side with you there. Chris? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the pattern, they are battle-tested. Uh, 25 Houston win, number 16 NC State, loss. 22 Texas win, 25 Kansas State loss. So if you follow that pattern, they're due for a W. However, both of those losses came on the road. Their wins came at home. This one's on the road. So I like I like Oklahoma State there. Not only that, but even at that number, that nine and a half number, you know, they lost by more than that to NC State. They lost by nine to Kansas State. Oklahoma State's a better team. And they're at home. I I kind of like the Cowboys to cover. But for my own personal, I really don't like picking Oklahoma State. Sorry, there was a lot of bang behind me. Uh, I don't like picking Oklahoma State just because the I like Oklahoma State and I don't want to jinx them. So I'm going to go under. That 68 and a half feels a little bit high. I'm going to go under. Uh, got 69 and a half for you, sir. Oh, perfect. Even better. Great pick. <laughs> Chase agrees. Chase seal of approval. Okay. Uh, look, next up is the new Big 12, the new look Big 12's best rivalry. It is Farmageddon. It is wheat versus corn. It is a full week of Kansas State and Iowa State fans making fun of the uh, agricultural product that the other state produces large quantities of. It's a game in which a large, large, large combine tractor should probably just be the trophy for this and be driven from stadium to stadium based off whoever wins it. These two fan bases hate each other. This is going to be a ton of fun. I cannot wait for this one. This one is going to be played in Ames. That being said, 
Kansas State is the favorite in this one for this weekend. They are a and it just uh, loaded and just moved it on me. Why does it keep doing that? Two, two and a half. I mean, there's, I thought it was two. But I saw two. There it is. Yeah, two, two, I'd say two is the Kansas. Is the yeah, Kansas State number. two point favorites uh, over under at forty five. Daniel, I believe you are up first, sir. What would you like here? For me, pretty straightforward cap in this situation. Um, I've got my numbers even in Iowa State. I've got Kansas State uh, a little closer to three and a half. And, you know, I, I know that's subtle, not a huge difference off three and a half to two, but we've got a total that low of 45. Uh, this thing was hit immediately at the open. I mean, pro, it opens a pick and pros bet it immediately, uh, took it out to two. So the story's kind of been told for me. Plus, I'm just down on Iowa State this year. When you add that part in, you know, it, it, this feels like if Kansas State loses this game here, that's a huge, like, if they allow themselves to lose, it's just I think they're, they're going to stumble in a way that they should not if they're trying to go have the season that they want to have. So all of those things, my number, pros hitting it right away. So a little bit of a must win, in my opinion, the way TCU and Kansas are playing. So Kansas State, minus two. Very good. Um, look, shout to the Bear. Keep this stat going. Campbell is now, Matt Campbell is now 5-15 and 15 in games in which the spread is minus three or plus three and a half. Iowa State is also one in six against the spread against winning teams in their last seven. But they're six and two against the spread in the last eight against Kansas State. Once again, something has to give. Campbell, of course, is also 16 and seven after a loss now, after last week's loss. It's back to back losses. Um, it's Farmageddon. Like I said, it's a rivalry. These two teams do not like each other at all. Man. Man, man, man. Um, Yeah, I hate this line. And you know what? I know. Nah, you know what? It's too low. And I, it's probably a mistake, but I don't care. Over 54 or 45. That's the total. It's 45. 45 flat. Yeah. I'm taking the total. I'm going to take it over. Uh, Kansas State. Hit the over four out of five games so far this year. Um, Iowa State leans toward the under, but no, that's not right. I'm looking against the spread side. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm taking the over. Uh, Chase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when when a game opens as a pick em, I tend to favor the road team. I, I just think historically that, that kind of bears itself out. So if I had to take a side here, I would take Kansas State. Uh, I'm going to be on the under. I'll go ahead and fill up. Uh, 60% of the tickets are on the over here, but the line goes down from 46 to 45 reverse line movement. And just broader than that, I like to take low college football unders because everybody knows college football has lots more offense than the NFL. So when the book sets these low totals, they know they're taking money on, on the over. They kind of understand that and they set the line low anyway. I think that tells you a lot about how confident they are in a low scoring game. Give me the under. All right, Chris. Yeah, I'm really glad you guys went with over-unders because I would hate for it to be a sweep. I'm going to go with Kansas State. You know, last week I said that it seemed like Adrian Martinez, it was more than just playing up for the OU game. It felt like 
he had legitimately turned a corner and that he was stepping into his own in this Kansas State uh, offense. And I said we might not see it that next week, but I, but I thought we'd see it again. Well, I mean, he just picked up where he left off, and I, I'm I, this pick is basically just riding with him, and anything before the OU game doesn't really matter much to me. Kind of skews the stats before his kind of uh, breakout performance there. I'm going to take the Wildcats to cover. Okay. Uh, last Big 12 game, showdown in Vegas, BYU facing off against the Fighting Irish, the Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, or I guess BYU, is a four-point dog over under around 51 and a half. Let's see. I think that – I think it's me. Uh, it is. Uh, like, on my opinion, I think most people's opinion on Notre Dame is built off the fact that their offense was awful to open the season. I do think it has been – getting better they have been able to score more regularly as the season has progressed and i don't trust byu right now i don't um i was really high on them i said i and we were texting guys like ever since that oregon game it feels like something has happened to byu i know they're they're continuing to get healthier um like utah state gave them way more of a game than utah state had any business giving them the way utah state has looked this season this game is in vegas uh, Notre Dame still has quite a bit of talent. Um, I hate to do this, but let's see. I think is three and a half the best I can get for Notre Dame. Yeah, there's there's three and a half. So Great, then the I'll take Notre Dame minus three and a half in this one. I I just I don't trust BYU right now, and they're gonna have to do something to change my mind on that. Uh, Chris, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said, but you know I really don't trust either team that much. This is tough. I but I do. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to keep this simple. I'm just going to take the over. I like it. Uh, when in doubt. I still, I'm still not used to you taking totals. It's, it still messes with me, man. <laughs> it, it just it messes I, with me. I, I want to go back and, uh, and look at my record on him. Because uh, that's over 51. The one I best I can get you on that. All right, uh, Chase. Yeah, I distrust Notre Dame way more than I distrust BYU at this point. I, I mean, Notre Dame looked all the whole first month of the season and then they went to North Carolina and scored a bunch of points and they had a bye week and now it feels like uh the, the betting public has, has returned to being more willing to bet on them everybody scores a million points against North Carolina their defense is awful the sub 100 in division one and I'm including FCS schools in that it's really bad so I I think start from the opposite point which is I want to fade Notre Dame and I need a reason not to I agree with some of the BYU criticism. I do think a lot of what happened last week with Utah State is that Utah State said right before the game, hey, by the way, our backup quarterback is going to be the starter. Our starter is not available. And so BYU had to sh- kind of throw out the defensive game plan, play more of like a shelly vanilla coverage because they didn't know like what the skill set was for the backup. Uh, it took way too long to adjust and start spying that quarterback but they did eventually get there in the second half. So I'm going to cut them a little bit of a break for Utah state stuff. I will take BYU plus the three and a half. I also, this is, this is the first one I think uh, that I've actually bet in real life Uh, BYU plus three and a half. And I also have plus plus one fifty five on the money line. I can get you three and a half. Yep. Three and a half. Perfect. Uh, Actually I can get you four. Sorry. Oh, perfect. I see a bunch of fours. Sign me up for four. Okay. Four it is. Daniel? 
Hey, I'm probably, uh, I'm going to have no real money on this game. So I get to sort of free roll my decision here. And, uh, you know, if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. We forget about it. If I win, I look smart reading the line. I see this thing opening Notre Dame plus three. My number, by the way, is close to a pick. So, you know, if I was just betting my numbers, I'd take three and a half. But for the sake of this, I want to see if this works out. Some sharp group or somebody, someone popped this out to minus three and a half about 10 minutes after Circa opened it. Got bet to three, out to three and a half. Um, another group came in on Monday, Monday morning, 8 a.m. They popped this out to three and a half or four. And it's very telling to me that no one's bought it back yet. No one has come back and said, BYU three and a half, that's way too much value. I'm buying the hook. This is, you know, a lower total for a college game. So, you know, that half point is really going to matter. If this gets out to four by Saturday, Notre Dame's going to cover and win. If we see this go back to three, two and a half, BYU is going to cover and win. Because of where it's sitting right now, and no money has come back in on BYU with the hook hanging there for regular juice. That tells me Notre Dame's going to cover this game. So uh, give me Notre Dame minus three and a half. All right. We agree. We agree. Okay. Uh, time for our last pick. Um, but first, home field apparel. Did you think we were going to talk about them? Of course, we're going to talk about them. We always talk about home field apparel. Why? Because they are the longest running sponsor here on the 1012 podcast and of the 10. 10- 12 network because they provide us with the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel ever look um i could go into long history of the like legal debates between oklahoma state and wyoming and new mexico state because of pistol pete is a mascot but homefield's putting out a wyoming line no it's not big 12 but it's got pistol pete and i'm gonna end up buying some yellow and brown pistol pete shirt because i'm homefield and i wear one it's you know, you're not gonna just wear one and yes, I have shirts from multiple schools that aren't just the one that I am a primary fan of because I'm that kind of person and because they're super comfortable and because the logos are awesome and they're Homefield Apparel and we love them. So if you have not gone and checked out Homefield Apparel yet, you should do so. If you've got a few items sitting in your cart and haven't bought them yet, now is the time. Promo code NETWORK12 gets you 15% off your first order. Do not forget they have every single current and future Big 12 school, including some that may or may not come if the Pac-12 folds. I'll just keep making that joke. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Do not forget to follow them on Twitter. They are the good brand. Bless them. Those those darn Indiana fans. I hope that their season continues as well as it started. I fear not. Uh, But just in case, you know, Connor and Whitney up there, they do a great job. Homefield Apparel. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not in the ad reads tonight. I'm not. You guys know who I'm talking about. Homefield Apparel. Just go buy some shirts. They're so dang good. I need some more. I want some more. I think I've got a few bucks. All right. Uh, let's wrap this up. I think I've got some more stuff I've got to do. This could be a long night. Um, Non-Big 12, I'll make this short. I'll make this sweep. I know that the UMass uh, didn't work for me last week. I don't care. I'm going to go back to it because I can. And until it fails me multiple times, I'll just keep going to that well. They are a 24 and a half point dog to Liberty. Um, so I will take Liberty minus 24 and a half against UMass. Uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah, this, uh, I'm going to go with the game. This line actually seems suspiciously low, but I'm going to take it anyway. I'm going to take Wake Forest to cover against Army. I think it's uh, 17. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this should be at least three scores, if not more. Wake Forest is coming off Clemson, coming off FSU, you know, the win there. 
so they're coming off a couple of big games and maybe they, you know, try to take a week off, but I don't know. I just don't, Arby's not good. Yeah. I'm going to take Wake Forest. All right. Chase. Yeah. So this is pretty much what I do on the lion's edge, right? I go through all of FBS and FCS college football and I find really good spots to bet on uh, 11, four and one, the last three weeks, the official bets. So, uh, if you, if you like this kind of thing, maybe come stop by my podcast for BetMGM. I'm on Navy this week. This is like my favorite bet of the week. Navy in week one lost to Delaware, which is an FCS squad. They got boat raced by Memphis in week two, and everybody kind of goes, okay, those guys suck. We know what's going on in Annapolis. Like, uh, let's, let's slowly back away and pretend they're not there anymore. But they have a bye week in week three, and they come out of the gate, out of the bye week, and just look way, way better. Like, it's a totally different team. They beat East Carolina in Greenville, which I think East Carolina is pretty solid this year. Uh, they they run Air Force to the wire last week, 13 to 10, cover both those games easily. And now they're getting six points at home against Tulsa. I would argue that Tulsa between Air Force, East Carolina, and Tulsa, I think Tulsa is the worst of the three. And I'm not saying Tulsa is bad, but I, I think pretty highly of those other two. Opens at six. Six and a half. It's down to five and a half, five in some spots, despite the fact that 90% of the tickets are on Tulsa. It's reverse line movement on steroids. Give me the midshipmen. I think they're live in the game to win outright. I have them on the money line and I have them at plus six and a half. They're plus six at your local right now. I see it. Plus six. Uh, Daniel. What, okay. what did you say that record was? Hold on. What, Chase, what was that record? Uh, which record? It was 11, the, four and one. Oh, 11, four and one uh, on the official bets on the line's edge. I'm also on Navy. We can just change mine real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no refunds. Uh, Daniel. Uh, Actually, I like all three of you guys' picks this week. I'll have real money on Navy and Wake Forest. So nice picks, boys. Um, Something happened during this podcast to the game that I was going to pick. I had this all lined up. I bet this one lines opened. Uh, South Carolina about an hour ago was plus 10, plus 10 and a half across the market. Uh, it was sort of my biggest bet of the week so far. I was going to bring it to the show and share it with everybody. In the last 45 minutes, this has gone from 10 and a half down to seven and Circa has gone down to six. So, uh, some news broke, you know, something, a, a move like that, a quarterback's out, you know, um, you know, three O linemen are out, something like that. You know, half the defense got caught doing something they're not going to play. Um, so there's a little bit of you know when you know feel a little deflated. I had this great number. Let's still run with it. Let's take the seven, seven right now. I mean, you know, if by the time we're listening tomorrow, this thing's down to a four. I don't know. I'd say maybe South Carolina's going to win, but South Carolina at Kentucky. I love the ten and a half. It's not available right now. Seven is still there. Go grab it. This is a classic, classic spot. Low total conference road dog versus an offense that isn't scoring a lot of points. I mean, Kentucky's pretty consistently, um, uh, they're, they're going to score like in the low twenties, mid twenties. And when you get a conference favorite like that with a low total road dog with a big spread seven or up, those dogs just cover it. Crazy, crazy clips. South Carolina plus seven. Take it. That is wild. I literally just, it, it was still 10 on Vegas Insider. 
because I had opened it to do yeah. this and I just refresh it and yeah, it's seven, seven and a half across the board. That's something's good. This is going to go. I mean, I hope it's still seven because it's yeah, not, I hope it's, it's this is still seven by the time it's uh, it's live. And, and I will say too, I just got totally lucky. Luck of the draw. Uh, I had different stuff why I hammered this right at the open. So I have no idea what news broke. I don't know what caused that line move. We've been recording the whole time. So I mean, I was going to say, I, I got a push notification from action on, on Daniel posting that South Carolina play. when We were 30 minutes into this podcast. So oh, like, oh, very cool. Yeah. I, was I, know what's, to it. I know what's coming at the end here. It's going to be the Gamecocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, just to dive a little deeper into it. Uh, I saw the move start to happen. You know, I got the board up. I got one screen. Uh, I, I run a few different live odds boards and I just saw this stuff start to light up at that sort of 10 and a half, 10 number and across the whole market, which told me something's happening. I'm already loaded up on this game, but I know something is going on where this line's going to drop right now. I got to go fire a little bit more. It just, and I'll figure it out later. And so I, I, I lucked out, was able to get uh, a 10, a juiced up 10 right before we hit record. And there we are. Wow. Day in the life. Uh, hey, so I'm looking all over. Phil, it looks like Will Levis is questionable. Maybe a game time decision for this game. He has an injury different than the finger that isn't long term serious, but could leave him out. That's according to Matt Jones at Kentucky Sports Radio. So he is a game time decision. So yeah, if Will Levis is out for Kentucky, that would make a lot of sense as to why this line is moving the way it is moving. And I, I would think it would be a quarterback if you're going to deal with a line movement that that drastic. Oh sure, no, you, I mean that's your that's your sort of first and only assumption. Yeah. Right. Until, until you hear otherwise. All right. Thank you for that update. You're welcome. I did it. I had to do a Twitter search cause I was looking at like Google search and it pulled up <laughs> nothing. Thank you. This is why I love Twitter. It's my favorite black hole to fall down. Uh, you guys have been awesome as always. Uh, do yourselves a favor. Philip, yeah. Real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the line that we're waiting on you? The SMU UCF. Uh, is, is the game over? And not quite, but it's 13 to 34. So sitting at 47. Uh, yeah, we had under 64, you and I. Okay. And it's third. Uh, you're not, you're not out of the woods. No, we're not no. until that game. Is- no, no, we're, we're definitely not out of the woods. No. no, there's, uh, almost 12 minutes left. Oh yeah. We're, we're screwed. <laughs> I, I basically decided that unless the under is like way under, it always yeah. is going to go over. It never, it never, it'll go over by about three to four points. That's every, every time never fails. That is just, that's the way it goes. It seems, uh, Oh, UCF's up big. Well, that that definitely changed from the first half. Okay, we'll uh, we'll update all of that next Thursday when we are back again. Uh, do yourselves a favor, follow Daniel on Twitter at dannerb7. If you want some more great betting advice from him and want to hop in that Slack chat, follow us at ten twelve network t e n the number twelve the word network. Check out every show in the network at ten twelve network dot com t e n one two network dot com. Chris, I need you to update the website. Uh, you can follow Chris at Chris Ross Sports. <laughs> Chase, uh, and, I know we plugged and, it a few times, bud, uh, but go ahead again. Where can everybody check out all the great work you do uh, talking betting across? And let me just say, I always love when you throw out your random women's tennis lines that you seem to do very, very well with. And I've never women's heard, tennis. Yeah, I've never heard anyone else talk betting women's tennis except for you. And it 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 is amusing, if nothing else. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. It's uh, at Chase A. Kitty on Twitter. Uh, it is the Lion's Edge podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. And then the Roar is the blog at MGM. I have like the greatest job in the world. I got super lucky. I am an advantage handicap 
ever they got hired for some reason by a sports book. So it's, it's pretty awesome. And uh, I enjoy what I do. And uh, I, I really, uh, I put a lot of work into the content and I think it speaks for itself. So if you can ever come and uh, check out, check out some of the stuff, I would advise you to do that because I can make you some money. And even if you don't bet, which I don't really, that's a personal guarantee from Chase. There you go. So if you lose personal guarantee, <laughs> if you listen to the podcast long enough, I can make you some money. It might be a week, might be a month. I don't know. But uh, the, uh, the ROI I think speaks for itself. So if you listen to the show and only take one single games piece of advice and don't win, <laughs> uh, chase a kitty on Twitter is where you can reach him. I think his DMS are open. Okay. We'll be back on Monday as we always are. Uh, we actually are going to have a live show this week. So if you've got Spotify green room, we'll put the tweet out with the, uh, with the location to check that out. I'll put it out as many places as I can. So you can find it. We're going to do a live show Sunday. You're all welcome to check it out. Uh, but it's the easiest way I can find to get as many different show hosts from the 10, 12 network to come on six weeks into the season and kind of talk about where everybody is thus far. Uh, so we will have that podcast live on Monday morning as we usually do, but we will be uh, doing it live. We're going to do it live Sunday night on Spotify green room. Uh, come find us there and you can listen. And uh, maybe I'll let a few people uh, hop in and, and chat. I think that's an option there. I think it was last time too unless some weirdo comes in and talks about joining his movie like happened last time it was a thing that happened all right we'll talk to you all then Podcast Network.